The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 117. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Luke with the second part of Luke, Chapter 9. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Last week, we talked about the feeding of the 5,000 and other miracles that were performed by Jesus and then by the 12. And that leads to this week, which is a question of who is this Jesus anyway? We continue in Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, the Christ of God. Jesus warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So we get the declaration of Peter, who Jesus is. Now this is a different version than the version we may be more familiar with, where very quickly Peter gets into trouble by telling Jesus, no, all the things you say are going to happen can't happen, that you can't go suffer and die. So we read that in the other Gospels. And in this one, though, we don't focus on what Peter said past the declaration. So they are starting to understand at this point, Peter speaking for them, that this Jesus is not just a teacher, he is the Christ, the anointed one of God, the Messiah. He is not John the Baptist, come back to life. He's not Elijah or one of the other prophets. He's not just a good teacher. He is the turning point in history, the one who is sent from God, the pivotal figure in human history. So this is a very important this is a very important declaration. This is a very important confession and understanding that they've finally gotten to here. But it's followed very quickly by surprising language, because when they said the anointed one of God, the Messiah, the Christ, they were probably thinking, we can gather from what they say in other places, that they're going to ride in Jerusalem and kick out the Romans. They're thinking of the conquering king who's going to come. And Jesus talks in a little bit about when he comes in glory. But first he talks about this thing that this son of man has to be rejected by the chief priest's teacher's law, killed and raised on the third day. This is not what they were expecting. Just when it seemed like they had gotten with the program, the program changed. And Jesus tells them for the first time that is recorded in Luke what he is about and what is going to happen to him. That he is going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to be killed. But that he's going to be raised again from death. And then he says, as if that weren't hard enough, 
everyone who comes after me must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Now, we use that phrase fairly easily within the church to take up your cross, and we understand that to be self-denial. We understand that to be following in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus has not yet been killed on a cross, and this is the first mention of a cross that he has made, being that way that he will die. And you have to understand that what he is saying would be the equivalent of someone saying to us, someone needs to deny himself and take up his lethal injection daily, needs to take up his electric chair daily. There was no context for the disciples at this point what the cross was other than the instrument of torture and death. They remembered this later on, but they had the time, they had to be very confused with what Jesus was saying. Here they're saying, you are the Messiah, you are the anointed one of God. They're probably getting ready to take on the Romans, and instead they're told that he will die, and by the way, they also will need to, whatever this means, take up their cross. That is a very frightening thing. Moreover, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will save it. What it sounds like to me, Jesus is telling them at this point, or what they would hear, what I would hear if I were them, is, I'm going to die and so are you. Now, remember that later on, when we talk about the disciples who go into hiding when Jesus is killed, he promised them that they would die. At least that's what they're hearing here. In fact, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his very life? Don't be ashamed of me. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when when he comes in his glory. So we do get in that verse finally a picture that says there is glory to come. This is the Messiah in the way that you pictured just not yet. The suffering Messiah must come first and the conquering Messiah will come later. There is glory, but not yet. In fact, Some of you who are standing here will get to see that glory, will get to see the kingdom of God. And that leads directly into the story of the transfiguration. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at the time what they had seen. So the promise that we get in the previous verse, that some will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God, looks like it's applying to this thing that happens eight days later. They get a picture of Jesus in his glory. 
Jesus talking with Moses, who symbolizes the law, and Elijah, who symbolizes the prophets. Peter tries to form some sort of subdivision for the three holy people because he just doesn't know what he's saying. If this is something that was, he was not prepared for, to wake up and see this Jesus who he's just finally gotten the idea that he's the Christ, the Son of God, and to see him in his glory. Remember that Moses, when he saw just the back of God, his face glowed so much that the people made him put a veil over it so that they wouldn't have to look at him. The splendor of God, the glory of God is awesome. It is awe-inspiring. And Peter and James and John just got to see it. If you got to see it, if I got to see it, we would probably babble like an idiot too. And then they get the voice of God saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And they come down the mountain and they don't tell anybody. Because who's going to believe them? And they walk right into a mess. They walk right into the next day when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. O unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you to put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. When everyone was marveling at what Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. They're still not getting it. They won't get it until Jesus has died and has appeared to them again. This is just really hard stuff. We we talk about resurrection as if it made perfect sense, as if everyone understood it. This is probably the way we sound to people who aren't Christians. Just the way this sounds to the disciples. They're just afraid. They're embarrassed to say this doesn't make any sense to them. They don't understand what Jesus is saying. This is just nonsense. Until they experience the risen God. Until they experience the risen Jesus. It doesn't make sense to them. And this boy gets to experience the power of Jesus. This boy is released because of the healing power of God through Jesus. But until we come in contact with that healing, life-changing power of God, a lot of this just doesn't make any sense to us. And with that, we'll bring this episode to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to post them at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. In a re-
recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.